From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, here with my amazing co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, buddy. How are you? Guys, if you can see <laughs> Brie's dance moves, they're epic. She's like bum, dancing bum, in. Bum, bum, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's dancing, dancing brings you joy. Yes. And today, today's episode is all about finding that joy back as a mom. Yes. We have Rachel Nielsen, who is the host of the 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast, which is an amazing podcast if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it. Oh my gosh, yes. And she has so many great episodes. And you know what I love is that I feel like like you too, she's really good about like articulating it for people like me that are listening and sometimes miss the points. She'll say them again. And I'm like, oh, oh, there it is. Like, <laughs> I like need that. Good communication. It's like it's like the Cliff Notes version of the podcast. I still get to enjoy the whole podcast, but then they come back and remind me of the things that I kind of might have glazed over. Yeah. I need that. It's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. today in this podcast, we talk a lot about depression and anxiety in motherhood. And one thing in particular that we bring up is being on meds and getting therapy. Yeah. That gets such a bad rap. It gets such a bad rap. Um, When we were talking to Rachel, I like wrote this note on our show notes that said, Veronica Mars, depression depression meds. And Bree's like, what is this? (laughs) And so I had to explain. My husband and I started Veronica Mars over the past weekend. And episode three, it has one of the main characters on depression meds. And he stops taking them because they make him a zombie. And It's just such the wrong interpretation of what these meds actually do. Like, they're not supposed to make you a zombie. Exactly. And in many cases, they don't. Yeah. And if they make you a zombie, then they're not right for you. Right. And I think that's the tricky part about like when it comes to meds for anxiety, depression, is Mm -hmm. that it's not an exact science. It's not like, you know, you've got strep throat and you're going to get antibiotics. Like Mm -hmm. it's different meds affect people in different ways. That's why doctors prescribe them and ask for follow-ups so that they can see how it's working. Exactly. So you're going to hear Rachel talk about her experience uh, with therapy and meds. And also she has some great ways you can recapture the joy in your own life. Uh, She is also the creator of the Flex of Gold Journal, and she helps moms love motherhood as much as they love their children. She lives in Idaho with her family and has two kids, Noah, age nine and Sally, age six. And we hope you enjoy our conversation with Rachel. 
So dinner time, oh my gosh, I talk so much about meal planning and how much I hate meal planning, Brie. I hate it. Like getting me to sit down and like actually plan out our week because I usually plan the meals and along with my husband and kids, they tell me, but I write the list and then my husband goes to the store. But this one service is called Eat at Home Meal Plans. It has completely taken away my hate of meal planning. It gives you four different meal plans you can use each week. Like you could pick from traditional or slow cooker or no flour, no sugar plans. And the meals are delicious. I was just looking at this week's April 26th. And oh my gosh, I'm like, I told Brie, I'm going to print this out right now. And I'm going to make this this next week because it's balsamic chicken and root veggies and slow cooker tamale sandwiches. And then uh, there's always a dessert, and this one's tuxedo bars. And the best thing about this meal plan is super easy. I mean, the tuxedo bars are a box of cake mix and some chocolate pudding that you mix together. Oh, my gosh. It's so easy. So if you hate the dinner stress and hate meal planning as much as I do, <laughs> try Eat at Home Meal Plans. You can sign up at noguiltmom.com backslash eat dash at dash home. And you can get 25% off when you use the discount code noguiltmom all one word. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome, Rachel, to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So we're so happy to have you here because we are both avid listeners of 3 and 30. And um, like I was just like, we were talking before the podcast, listening to your most recent episodes. And you have such amazing like takeaways for moms that they could use right away. And I think that is such a, a valuable thing in this busy world. Oh, yeah. We need, I, I need things laid out. Thank you. And I love, I feel like we're very aligned because I am all about no guilt. That's like, I feel like one of the pillars of three and 30 is just mom guilt does nothing for us. It really doesn't. And so I love your work as well. I've been listening to your show all morning and learning from you. And so I'm really excited to be here. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole no guilt with motherhood, like we know that guilt is bad, but at the same time, it's so hard to really get out of it. Like we don't, we could tell ourselves all day, like, don't feel guilty about this. Don't feel, right. but actually like moving past the point of guilt, that's where the the hard part comes in. I feel. Yeah. Well, and just having strategies for that, because you can know that you don't want to feel something, but how? Like, you know, it's like, okay, I don't want to feel mom guilt, but how do I stop feeling this way? And so having like some strategies and tools, which I know you guys provide is really helpful to get out of that. Well, and it's tricky because it's it's a slippery slope there because then you feel guilty about feeling guilty. (laughs) 100%. And then you're you're like, dang it, I got to stop feeling guilty. I can't feel guilty about feeling guilty about feeling guilty. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I've been to like so much therapy in my life and I have all these tools. And so then I feel then I shame myself for still feeling the things that I feel like I shouldn't feel anymore now that I've gone to therapy. And then it's just this that shame monster, man. How we all got crazy it. is that though? Like when we talk about like all of the inner thoughts in our head and the things that are kind of like perpetuating our guilt, there seems to be no way to get off of it. 
like yeah. no way to stop it. And I love that like we're both aligned in the fact that like here, here are some ways to stop it. So right. for, yes. for those of our audience who don't know you and what you do, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Yes. So I am a former high school English teacher. I taught for years before my kids were born and I loved it. I love to teach, but I fought hard for my kids. My son is adopted and my daughter was conceived with IVF. And so during that time, I just had convinced myself that I was going to love every minute of motherhood. And I was so ready to give up this career that I loved because I was going to be all in. So I started staying home with these babies and it was so hard. <laughs> I felt so lost. I wasn't using my gifts anymore for teaching. And I just felt really like lost is the best word to describe it. But I knew I didn't want to go back to teaching full time just because of the time. It, um, I was an English teacher and the grading and it was just... So after a few years, I decided to start my podcast as a way that I could teach, but still be with my kids. And my show is three takeaways in 30 minutes, which really does build from my experience as a high school English teacher, teaching students how to take complicated ideas and boil them down into a thesis statement. And a lot of times the thesis statements had three points, you know, and that we would go through and we develop. And so that is how I started three and 30. And it was one of the best decisions of my life. I love the work that I do. And I really feel like now that I'm using my gifts within my motherhood, both as part of my motherhood, as well as this side thing that I'm doing sort of separate from motherhood, I'm just so much happier. And I love your tagline that you say about the best mom is a happy mom and I'm happier. And so my family's happier. So it's great. Yes. yes, I can relate to a lot of what you said, because I feel like my journey from teacher to like doing what I do now has kind of been the same. You like I, I too quit to be with my son when he was born and I felt lost. And I think a lot of moms feel lost when they they quit this career that they're completely driven and in love with to go into motherhood. So like everything you just said, I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so it's so isolating in our society nowadays. A lot of us don't live near our family. Mm -hmm. We have friends, but they're a lot of times again, it's not where we grew up. So the friends are in a, in a different standpoint. I know Joanne, in your story, you were the first one to have a kid out of all of your friends. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's really again very isolating when you don't know people. And I have to say, like this past year anyone who became a new mom during the pandemic, like oh, my wow. heart just, I give you all of my strength and all of my positive vibes because it was like, motherhood is hard, but that was doubly hard because you were so isolated. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So on your podcast, you talk a lot about your struggle um, and experiencing depression. And like us here at No Guilt yes. Mom, proponent of therapy, uh, yes. can you share a little bit about like how you really walked through that like struggle with depression and motherhood and like dealt with it? Yeah. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Brie here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. 
I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. And I would say it's hard to say whether it's depression or anxiety or both, you know, and and I felt a lot of comfort when I read a book that talked about how, I wish I had the statistic in front of me, but it was something like most people who have one also experience the other. Like they're so connected that it's in some ways almost impossible not to experience both. And I can really pin it to different phases of my life when one was more prominent than the other. I think that I always struggled with some depression and anxiety, just undiagnosed when I look back on my life. But it was really going through infertility that brought it all to a head. And I really struggled then but didn't get help for it. But then after my son was born and he's adopted, as I mentioned, I just, that's like when my darkest time was, when the depression was so heavy. And I think that I didn't realize that moms who had adopted could experience that. I thought that was just like postpartum mm. depression. And I, it's actually very common for women who adopt to experience this. There's so many emotions with adoption where I was feeling you know, a lot of grief for his birth mother who I knew and loved. And I felt like I should be enjoying and savoring every single moment with this baby. That was this miracle that she had given us. And when I wasn't, then I was shaming myself. Mm -hmm. And it was just this really dark, dark spiral. And so that is like the period of time where I think I really experienced intense depression. And I did reach out and go to counseling and gained a bunch of tools that helped me, I think, cope emotional resilience tools and getting more clear on the thoughts I was having about myself and how to change those. And so that was my first kind of walk with that. And then after my daughter was born, I feel like it was a lot more anxiety, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And she was biological. She was conceived with IVF. And so there was all the hormones and all the, you know, but lots of panic and things that weren't, that I could have easily handled before felt so overwhelming that I couldn't even function, you know, with like cleaning my kitchen. It just felt so overwhelming. And so th at that point I did actually get on an anti-anxiety medication, whereas before I hadn't, I just dealt with it with therapy and now I do both and, <laughs> and self-care and therapy and medication has all helped me to really be my happiest, best self. And I think I worried when I started this journey that like taking medication would make me not myself. And I have found that actually I feel like I am more myself. I am my best self when I have these emotional mental health supports in place. So first, when you said happiest, best self, like your face just lit up and I immediately like felt like such joy for you because the struggles of depression 
it is horrible if you're walking through it and you don't even realize how horrible it is until after you've passed because you Mm. look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I felt that way for so long. And I blamed myself for feeling that way. Like I should feel happy all the time when I have Mm. these kids. Yes. So like, oh, you just like hit my heart because I've gone through the same thing. Yeah. And it is amazing to look back and reflect on, I'm a completely different person now than I was before I started therapy, before I started all of this. I mean, my son is almost 10. So it's been about a 10 year journey. And I'm like, I think I carried around so much. Like the only way I can describe it is self-loathing, which is horrible. Like Mm -hmm. that self-loathing, like loathing yourself. But that is how I felt on a day-to-day basis. And now I almost never feel that because I've gained these tools where I don't talk like that to myself anymore. And so great to be able to look back and be like, wow, I've come a long way. I still have my struggles, but I've come a long way with all of this. What I feel like sharing these stories does is it helps normalize the mental health aspects that so many of us struggle with and deal with on a daily basis. Some of us are are fortunate enough to recognize when we're in it that we are not ourselves and that we need to, um, or that we would like to go back to being ourselves. So like we seek out things like therapy or again, like I also love the whole thing about using medication. Mm. I'm a big proponent of it shouldn't be so negatively stigmatized. There's so many people that are have that same thought process. Like I don't want to be on medication because it's going to make me a zombie. That doesn't happen to everybody. Mm. And it yes, medication is something that takes a while to figure out what's the right fit and what's going to be the right work for you. But in many cases, it does help you be the person that you want to mm-hmm. be your true mm-hmm. self. And I wish that there wasn't such a stigma about it. I understand about this. Like I've struggled with my first bout of depression came when I was in high school and I've probably been through three or four treatable episodes of depression. And then right now I'm dealing with some, some anxiety. Again, like you said, like there was so much going on. I'm like, why can I not even function on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. And then immediately I'm like, okay, we're going to start doing therapy. We're going to start looking into medication just so that we can get this under control so that I can go back to being me. And the feeling, once you get to that point where you're able to reflect back, like you were saying, you don't realize how deep you're in it Mm -hmm. when you're in Mm -hmm. it. It's so nice when you can look back and be like, wow, I've grown so much. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And something you said is about, you know, the thoughts that you were telling yourself. And uh, just like your podcast, how you have three and 30, we asked you for three takeaways about how mothers can really start reclaiming that joy as a mother. Mm -hmm. And one of those is the thoughts. So you have this this journal, Flex of Gold, and that has to do with one of your first takeaways. So can you introduce us to that? Yeah. So one way to reclaim your joy as a mother is to focus on your Flex of Gold and look for your Flex of Gold. And first I'll tell you about this concept and then I'll tell you about the journal that I created for it. But that's, yes. that's what I was going to ask. I'm like, yeah. what's a Flex of Gold? So yeah. in my, it was actually in that period right after my son was born when I was so down that I heard a sermon where the speaker talked about the story of a man in the California gold rush who struck out to California thinking that he was going to just easily find all the gold and be rich. (laughs) And day after day, he kept dipping his pan in the river and all he was pulling out was rocks, just rocks and rocks and rocks. And he was so discouraged and he was ready to go home when an elderly prospector came by and the young man said to him, there's no gold here. And the elderly prospector said, there is, you just have to know where to look for it. And he cracked open a rock and showed him all these little flecks of gold. 
And the young miner said, no, I want big nuggets of gold. Like what's in your pouch that's hanging from your belt. Cause he could see that it was weighty and the prospector opened it up and showed him that it was just the accumulation of thousands of flecks of gold. So this sermon, I heard this and it was actually, it wasn't about motherhood. The sermon was com- about a completely different topic, but just that story stayed with me that I needed to start looking for the flex of gold in my motherhood and that everything felt really rocky and hard with my son. He was really colicky. Mm -hmm. Um, But that if I could accumulate little golden moments with him and focus on those, that that would become weighty and would give me, you know, become treasure to me. And so I just started looking for him and just writing down a golden moment every day. Like, his first laugh or the feeling the weight of him against me after he fell asleep when I was rocking him and I felt really calm and peaceful. And as a former English teacher, I'm like trying to use all the sensory details I possibly can because there is research in positive psychology that shows that when you remember your best moments and you remember the sensations associated with them Mm -hmm. to your brain, it's almost like you're reliving them. And so remembering them and writing them down, it's like gives you that second burst of joy as if you're reliving it, you know? And so I started to just try to write those down and change my mindset around my motherhood. And it really pulled me out of this dark place I was in. And so then years and years later, I mean, that was when my son was an infant and it was just last year that I created the journal. So for years, I've thought about Flex of Gold. I've taught it to other women, this concept. But last year, I decided to actually develop a journal called the Flex of Gold Journal. And there's just a space for each day for you to write down one of your Flex of Gold. And one of my favorite aspects of the journal is that it's a three-year journal. And so it's kind of hard. I hope people can picture what I mean by this. But the date is at the top, but then not the year, just the day. And then it has three years. So you write your Flex of Gold for that year that you're in. So like I'd write for 2021. And then you go through the book and then the next year you come back and you add a second memory for that year on that same day. So it's kind of like a time hop for your favorite golden moments for your best memories. So as you write your memory for April 7th, 2022, you'll also be reading your memory from April 7th of 2021. So you're reliving that memory again, reading it. And so it's just this like, positive little shot in the arm for moms in so many different ways to remind us that even in the hardest, rockiest times, there are the golden moments that we're experiencing and focusing on those. I love that. Right. Yeah. And I, I also love that your journal you say is heirloom quality. So you can like give this to your kids as like something that they can keep with them and read. One of the things you mentioned was you're writing every time that you feel really, really good. So I think that leads really well into your next takeaway. What's your next takeaway? This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street crack tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing 
with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. So my second takeaway is to pay attention to times when you feel most like yourself. And this is to help yourself get out of a depression or a funk or to just reclaim your joy. Notice when in those moments when you feel most like yourself and then make sure that you do whatever that was Mm -hmm. (laughs) more often. And this is going to be so individualized for every different woman, um, what makes them feel like themselves. And for me, I really feel centered and calm and like myself when I have alone time and when I am working. And that was something that was in very short supply during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like myself. And so there would be sometimes be moments where I just felt like frazzled and stressed. And then I would get a moment to do my work and to be alone. And I would feel this like relief, this almost like this release of like, there you are, like, we're going to be okay. And I realized that I needed to figure out a way to get more of that, even in distance learning, kids being home, like I had to figure it out. And for some women, it might be totally different where they feel most like themselves when they're surrounded by people with their friends or when they, you know, they really love those times cooking with their kids or being at the playground with them or whatever it is, like, noticing those little sparks of joy that come to you and then figuring out a way to work them in more often as a mom, as your unique motherhood. That's so interesting that you bring up those times where you feel most like yourself. Cause I was just talking with my husband this past weekend cause we went away without the kid. And I mentioned something where like, Oh my gosh, when I'm away, I remember almost who I am outside of being a mother. Yes. And his response was like, well, why aren't you just who you are all the time? And I didn't know what to say to that. And I'm like, like, is it that easy? Because I don't find it that easy. I don't find it that easy. I like that, you know, the going away and just hearing like someone else say that out loud. That's a pretty normal thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and of course, you're always who you are all the time. And you bring the best of yourself to your children and all of your relationships. But I think noticing that that really made you feel centered and like that means you need to do that more often. I've had that exact thought when I've been on little getaways with my husband. I'm like, why don't I schedule this more? Why don't we do this more? And I think it's because of guilt, because we think we're undeserving or we're too busy or that's, you know, I can't get a babysitter to do that that often. Like, you know, we have all these excuses, but 
if you recognize that it's going to make you the best version of yourself, figure out a way to fit it in and do it. I think that it's a big point that, you know, we talk about with our no guilt mom mindset. Like you need to find what is important about you outside of being a mom. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that we do it so much for everybody else in our lives. You know what though? That's really interesting because I look at my kids and I'm like, oh, like you are getting kind of antsy. This always seems to help you when you're antsy. And I suggest they do that. And then I back off and I give them the time to do that. Well, I think And tell me like, if you think this might be the issue too, but since we do that, so as moms that we kind of expect other people to give us that space as well. Like our family members don't don't know how to give us that space unless we request it. (laughs) Yeah. We don't always say it. We're just like, come on. I do it for you. You should know I need it too. I mean, wouldn't it be so nice if someone said to you, you seem, you seem stressed and overwhelmed. I think you need to go lay down and read a book. I mean, (laughs) hallelujah. But I think you need to go at a girl's weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Very few of us have people. Once you become a mom, you don't have anyone mothering you. And so you kind of need to mother yourself and be like, you're hungry and you need to sit down and eat a snack and rest and the things we would do for our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that actually brings us into your third takeaway. What is your third takeaway? Yeah. I mean, you're good. You're good at these transitions. (laughs) Like like I see where she's going with this. She's heading right into my third takeaway. You're good. I'll tell you. So my third takeaway is to ask for support, not permission. And this is one of my favorite sayings that I heard from Sarah Dean, who also has a podcast, The Shameless Mom Academy. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. She's coming on. Oh, really? Yeah, because she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And when I heard her say this, it's one of those things like I listen to a lot of podcasts, but like every once in a while you hear something that you're like, oh, that's sticking with me. You know, I heard her say it on a show and it's just stayed with me. Ask for support, not permission. So once you figured out what those things are that make you fully you, really you, it's okay to go to the people in your life and say, this is what I need. How can we make it happen? So you're not saying, can I, or if we could make it happen, it's like, no, how, how are we going to make it happen? And again, asking for that support instead of permission. And you can get really creative with this, with how you get your needs met, depending on your, how much like flexibility there is within budgets, within schedules, within, but work as a family or if, you know, with your friends or however you want to do it to figure out how to get those needs met. Um, If it's that you need more alone time and you need more quiet work time, then go to your partner if you have one and say, how can we make this happen? And I really believe that you can get creative and figure out how to get your needs met. And one example I have of this is when, you know, I've gone through these different periods of time where I kind of told you where I can see like, that was a hard time for me emotionally and mentally. One was after my son was born. One was after my daughter was born. And then I'd say another really low point was when they were about four and one and they both just needed so much from me. And it was hands-on all the time. They're both super spirited. And I was just in a dark place again. And I was talking to my husband about it and he said, well, do you need to start going to counseling again? And I thought about it and I realized that I love counseling and at certain seasons of my life, that's what I need. But I realized that at that season of my life, what I needed and wanted was just more hands-on help and more time away, at least a couple hours away every week to write and to just be myself. And so I actually said to him, I don't think I need to go back to counseling, but what if we took the money that we would have spent on counseling 
and we used it to hire someone to come and help me a couple hours a week. And it made it helped me to feel more like, quote, justified, which I don't think moms necessarily need to justify having some help and some self-care. But it did make me feel better about us using allocating that those funds from our budget because we would have paid for me to go to counseling if that's what I really needed. And so instead, at that moment in my life, we decided to use, we did like a straight exchange where it was like the amount I would have paid for counseling we used for someone to come and help me a couple hours a week. And it was exactly what I needed at that time. So sometimes you have to get a little bit creative. And I know there are people listening who probably don't even have that amount of flexibility within their budget, but there's other things that you can do with asking a friend for support and doing a kid's swap or, you know, love that. just thinking outside the box and how you can get those needs met. I love that. The asking for support is so, so hard when you're in that cycle of guilt, but like, I know it's asking for support and not permission, but you almost need permission to ask for support. Uh, like you need a lot of people saying that to you and yes. hearing that over and over again, that it is okay to ask for support. It is okay. Right. It's okay. And you deserve it. Yes. Right. You deserve it just as much as everybody else. Yeah. Well, and a happy mom is a good mom. So not only do you deserve it, but your family does too. And for a lot of women, I think they almost have to see it through that lens in order to give themselves permission. Yes. Like they're like, this will be good for my kids. I'll be happier. I'll be a better mom. And so it's okay for me to do it. And so think of it that way, if that's what helps you to feel better about it. Yeah. I like actually in the episode of yours, I was just listening to you this morning. You mentioned that therapy isn't just for you. Therapy makes you stronger and then you can give more more to your family and it makes you your family stronger. And yes, amen. I love 100. seeing that like that is what happens. That is exactly what happens when I've gone into therapy and mm-hmm. I've seen others because you get such an understanding of yourself that you're able to mm-hmm. give back more to your kids. Yeah. It's yep. amazing what they can do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much Rachel. This has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you so much. I I love talking to Rachel because so much of what she said about first depression and anxiety and being a mom, I experienced as well. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard when you're going through all that, trying to remember the positives. It is. It's very hard. And I love that she has her flexible gold journal. Because I know. I'm so excited. It's so true. It's one of those. And I can't remember the name of the theory right now, but it's the one where once you like think of something, you notice it all the time in your life. Like if you are shopping for a Toyota, then you see all the Toyotas on the road. Right. Like the same with gratitude. And I think that just having this journal and writing down those things that make you happy each day, you're more likely to see all the happy in your life. I love that mindset. And on top of that, though, my major excitement is that I really think that the fact that it's heirloom quality and you mm-hmm. can give it to your kids as a gift, I would like probably break down in my tears, in tears if my mom gave me something like that. Really? So and I was telling her that we're doing like an opposite version, of, well, not opposite version, but we're doing something similar-ish for my parents where they're writing something and then it's going to be bound into a book. So I am actually getting a Flex of Gold journal and I can't wait to start writing in it and to be able to share it with my kids, especially because we're in the teenage or yeah, we just started the teenage years, uh-huh. and I really need to find those flags of gold. Oh, yeah. And I you think they're going to need the happy to hear the about them. Yeah, they're going to need to hear them. Yes, they totally do. Uh, so if you are interested in the Flex of Gold Journal, it is beautiful, by the way. We have a link in our show notes, and you can use the code NOGUILTMOM, all one word, and get 10% off, which is yes. excellent. Awesome. It's a great gift for Mother's Day. I'm yeah. excited for that, too. Yeah, I definitely. think it'd be awesome. So remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And we will see you 
next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.